Some of the guitar virtuosity of Jeff Beck, who uh, died surprisingly earlier this week on Coast to Coast AM, as did several other legends. You know, people forget that Lisa Marie Presley put out three very well-received albums. I think the first and the third critically did better than the middle one, but uh, still a talent in her own right. You know, I, I think it's one of those people, when you think about Lisa Marie Presley, you got to wonder if she'd been a starving artist, would she have been a more successful one? But she had literally inherited like $100 million at age 25 and continued to make gobs of money on the Elvis estate, and which kind of takes away a little bit of that drive to create, perhaps. Um, anyway, uh, she died sad. And it's, you know, tragic to think about the fact that she, her broken heart may have gotten the best of her after the suicide of her son, even though she had other children to live for. They say that she never quite got over that. And and it's the tragedy of the, of the Princess Diana death, some people say certainly murder, uh, negligent homicide, however you want to look at it. Coming up tomorrow night, we'll reexamine that in the first hour from a numerological standpoint. We'll talk about the royal family. And uh, Glennis McCants has never been wrong. Uh, she published a story in the Daily Mail, several stories, a series of pieces that she wrote about the royal family using their their numbers. And they always it always panned out in terms of the relationships and the complications. And I just want to ask her as a royal watcher and then also from a numerological standpoint, um, what she thought about uh, Prince Harry earlier this week. I guess he's a duke now, too, or whatever. Um, but he said that uh, that he still doesn't believe the official report. I can't say as I blame him. So we'll talk about that in the first hour. And then after that, it's going to be Immortality for Billionaires with Bert, uh, Bart Costco. Um, and that is he's a fascinating guy, knows tons on the subject from perspectives that other people perhaps have not considered. Open lines coming up more next with you on Coast to Coast AM. This is Ian Punnett. All right, so um, we've got plenty of time and lots of people to get to on Coast to Coast AM. That is a great combination for open lines, and so it is that we'll start where we left off. David is in Salem, New Hampshire on Coast to Coast. David? Yes, good evening. How are you doing, uh, Ian? Good. How are you? All right. Um, I love the show, man. It's like it's very intense. It's hard for me to see. <laughs> I listen to you guys, but... I tell my friends I belong to Coast to Coast University. <laughs> if they don't believe me, I said, listen to Coast to Coast. They're like, I know. They're like, where do you get your information from? I'm like, do you really believe what you're saying? But anyways, that guy, Bill, was amazing. Wasn't he great? I love having him on. He is. He really was. I uh, wish we could have a little more questions for him. Um, but that's fine. Everybody's story was, like, unique, and it's always refreshing. But, um, I, like I said, I live here in New Hampshire, and my, my question was to him is about, is everybody missing the big picture and about experiences and stuff like that? Well, do you tell uh, me what you think the big picture is? 
Um, I think that technology is great, but it's like always propaganda. It's always used against us. But to really connect with everyone, we're all um, spiritual in some ways. And um, they look highly upon people that are trying to prove their life and not destroy their life. Like we are humans and we're just like a postage stamp. But to really to get on their level, you have to be spiritual. You have to be, think outside the box, not rely on MUFON. I love MUFON. They're great. I've told them stuff and they, like, I've never got responses like I thought I would. And, um, and I've had, I, I'm from the, like, I live in the White Mountains in New Hampshire. But I'm from Salem, New Hampshire, and I live close to a place called the American Stonehenge. Mm, right. And I've I, seen things about that. Yes. Well, I've been in big cities like Baltimore and stuff like that where there's all kinds of stuff you can see without third-generation um, optics or anything like that. Right. But right. You you live in a dark city. Oh, yeah. And No, I'm telling you, Baltimore is not very dark. It has no. Like, no, so, not like you are out on a mountaintop somewhere in New Hampshire, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Like, I know people have had, you know, encounters, like, right in the White Mountains. Like, my my daughter's mother, for instance, like, when my daughter was younger, she thought she saw a star up by the mountain that was on, like, uh, Teddy Mountain Highway in New Hampshire. And this thing came, she thought it was a star, but it came right down the road and disabled the car. She was, like, scared. It went away, car started, no problem. Right. But myself, when I was, like, a little kid or whatever, like a lot of us, you know, our first reality, mine was right during the daytime. And it was, like, I thought it looked like an aircraft coming in for re-entry. It just came out of space or whatever. Right. It looked like the space shuttle, but it wasn't that visible like I couldn't identify its characteristics but it went parallel it didn't like I've, I've seen asteroids in New Hampshire and stuff like that fall right to the earth and um, I wish I could find them but you know um, seriously yeah. um, it would go parallel it didn't it was smoking and you could hear it was completely silent you could hear the hissing and popping like some cooling off in the atmosphere but this thing didn't crash. It just kept on going. Kept well, those, that, that's a lot. And I, I'm glad you phoned those in to uh, MUFON or contacted MUFON. And I strongly encourage other people to do it, too. And for anybody who lives in an area where there's very little light pollution, uh, I, I wonder whether they're taking the time to look up as often as they should and to see what's out there. Because that's about 50% of what we're hearing on open lines or earlier when we had on Bill Konkoleski, uh, is people who saw things because it wasn't obstructed by the ambient light reflecting either from, you know, just regular industrial lighting going around a city or the reflection off of concrete. Uh, let's go to first-time caller line. Kathy is it th- So thank you, David, for calling and hanging on. Kathy's in Washington State on a first-time caller line on Coast to Coast. Kathy? Oh, hi there. How are you this evening? Good. Doing doing forever. Where are you going to take us? Well, I'm still on UFOs. (laughs) I tried to get in earlier uh, because I wanted to ask him a question. I'm a lifelong experiencer uh, 
uh, one of my experiences is covered in The Unknown Other by Les Bellas, who's recently published book. But uh, Hmm. one thing I was going to ask about, uh, and and maybe the audience that's listening will have any ideas, but uh, I've seen quite a few different types of UFOs. And... um, but I saw a really unusual one about a year and a half ago, and it's close to a Bangor uh, base uh, located in Bremerton, Washington. Mm, right. And um, I was driving on a kind of a back highway uh, with actually retired detectives uh, from Seattle, and he's the one that said, Kathy, I've been watching this for a while. What do you think this is? And what it looked like and was a huge jellyfish the size of at least the size of a football field hmm. and and I'm just wondering if anybody else has seen any reports of of anything like that oh, now you and, say jellyfish tell me what defined it like that well it looked just like a jellyfish except it was long you know it was long say oval and it had tentacles hanging down the whole thing just like a jellyfish would it looked like an enormous jellyfish up in the sky. And I pulled out my phone, but by the time I got my phone out, it was over the uh, the woods, and there was, uh, you know, too, real wooded Too far, and, yeah. yeah. Was it was it kind of gelatinous? I mean, did it undulate? It, did looked it, like. it looked yeah. really like a jellyfish, but it was mm. enormous. It, like I said, it was at least the size of a football field. And um, I... I I've gone on, you know, YouTube and Google and trying to find uh, some other sightings for that. I I found some unusual things. I haven't haven't found a jellyfish per se, but I've seen, you know, uh, like I said, I my first experience I remember was when I was twelve. The first one that I remember. Uh, then I've had experiences all my life, and um, uh, and I've seen a number of different types of crafts, but I've never seen anything like that. It was definitely a you. Unidentified flying objects. Sure, right. And, Which is all and, that means. Yeah, yeah, that's all that means. And but it was just so unusual. And both of us were just stunned. You know, like, well, he he never he he says I saw my first UFO with you. And the thing is, is that uh, uh, it's it's something that was just so inexplicable and puzzling. I had contacted. Um, you probably had Ruben. Uh, you're already on your, on your show at some time. He's a director for, um, I think, it's Northern California MUFON. And I told Ruben about it, and he wanted me to put it in on the MUFON site. I still have it recorded, but I didn't put it on the site because it just seems so bizarre. But I thought, you have a big listening audience. Maybe sure. somebody else could call in and say, yes, I saw one like that. I heard of somebody saying okay. something like well, that. Let's, let's clear the deck and see that we can. Thank you for putting that out there. And I would uh, agree with uh, with Ruben. That's the most important thing to do is put it out there so that other people can see it where they're likely to go uh, looking for it. All right, so I, I I think this is the same Mary who we spoke with last hour who was interjecting a conversation about uh, Princess Diana. We're going to have that in the first hour tomorrow night, but she this is open line, so I said you can hang on and we'll do it then. Mary, is that you? Me. Stop doing stupid stuff. Well, I am thanks. very comfortable to sleep. If I feel like sleeping next to you, I will. Okay, well, are you talking to me? Hello? Hi. I'm just yelling at my my friend. I'm sorry. Who's your friend? Oh, God. Some guy from Iran. He's, I'm, I'm his caregiver. And okay. it's impossible. 
Anyway, I want to talk about Diana. <laughs> I want to talk about him. <laughs> he wants you to sleep next he to him? He's like formed over. He's got cancer or something, you know, and I don't want him to die. And I keep yelling at him, you can't walk around. You're going to fall. And he fell. Yeah, and he fell. Today. And, and, and he's like, he thinks he's going to do anything. And I got to live here for him. I know. I just went through this with my mother-in-law. I went through it with my mother-in-law. Who, I know, but I went through it with my mother-in-law, and she was close to 90. But she kept doing that, too. And we kept saying, Mom, you cannot walk. You, you're going to fall over. And she would be, oh, now I can't. And she, in the middle of the night, then we get a call. Can you come over? And she lived, uh, we bought a house next door so that she could live in it you know, right by, and we would go over, and it was the same thing over and over again. She just refused, and every time she'd hit the floor harder and harder and harder. I literally saved his life, okay? I I prayed over him, and he came back to life, and he refuses to admit that I did anything. And he's mad now that I'm talking about it. (laughs) Well, well, then we won't talk about it. I don't even care. But that's okay. He he deserves his privacy, but I'm glad you... you filled us in on that. But that's so not what you I'm were talking about. Wait, I know, I know, I know. So go ahead. You were talking about Princess Diana. You you said you were getting messages or something. No, 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 no. Diana and Artemis is the same, like a, a goddess, Greek goddess. Okay. I thought they were talking about the Greek goddess. Anyway, I have a. I, please pretend like you know you're at coast to coast, and I don't have to go through this, but I believe everything I hear on coast to coast. I did, you know, Doctor Bruce. You know, Goldstein, whatever his name is. I, I do cast life. But when I started getting, like, messages from another realm, I'm like, what? Oh, this is a trick. This is a trick. I get, I get like, binary code messages in my texting. And then she does voicemail in some kind of a Martian that I sort of understand. And she, she said, I am your pro bono psychic. Her name is Diana, and she has a counterpart, a clone, living down the hall from me at the Madison hmm. Hotel. And we're best friends, and we're doing this, like, psychic reading together, and hmm. one of them is an atheist. She's an atheist, and she believes in communism. And I voted for Trump. I mean, come on. And we're like family, because hmm. Diana is our—Diana is my mother, and Diana is her mother. In other words, Diana's my daughter. I'm sorry. And she's from, and we all were together in the Irish, Irish life, but now she's in some other planet version of Earth, fighting eons, you know, trillions and billions and Google numbers of people to keep peace. And she says, I worked so hard to get to you. And all you want to do is talk about Billy. Who's Billy? No, talk about the multiverse, the end of the world, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, I want to talk about Billy. And and she is so frustrated with me. I want you to come to this place. I, I don't know who Billy is. Tell me about Billy. What do you mean by that? Billy Billy is, is like Ricky Nelson, only like 65 years old. He looks like Ricky Nelson with gray hair. And I just fell for him because he looks, looks like him. He sings Mary Lou to me. Oh, Ian, he's awful. I have a big caution. I'm already 73 years old. I should know better. Yeah. I mean, well, so will you have a relationship with this Billy then? Well, I have. I mean, I'm his caregiver too. But I wanted to be with benefits, you know, like big benefits. 
Okay. And he likes other women. Well, so yeah. guys are like that. What? I said, yeah, you know, too many guys are like that. So especially the good-looking ones that look like Ricky Nelson and seem it's... like it. Well, I... I'm too old for a crush on Ricky Nelson. He died a long time ago. Well, uh, but according to you, he might be alive somewhere, right? Well, he looks like it looks like a clone. Anyway, okay. let's talk about clones. Artemis is like is the clone of Diana, and we're going to be on the radio. I mean, we're going to be on on stage. If you want to see us Thursday at the Seventh Street and um, Broadway, it's like a, a bar. And if we bring like three people each, we can be comedians, and okay. we're going to tell you all about Diana. And that's okay. So I'll be happy to plug this, although I don't live in Los you Angeles. Should. So, what? So it's the where is your performance going to be? Okay, is I don't know the name of the bar because we were just passing by, and this comedian says, "Hey, you know, like I'm a comedian. I'm going to be on." And I'm like, "Oh, so am I. How can I get on?" Because I've been at a comedy store. I mean, you know, like I've been at a gong show eight times. I'm not literally. I'm, I'm literally. A, you were a on the gong show. Eight times. It was the highlight of my life. They paid me. To, they called me to come for auditions. What did and you I do? Paid, I got gone. I got paid very yeah, well. But what was your gone. talent? What was your talent? What did oh, you do? Well, obviously, I have a talent. But I wouldn't try. I sing opera, but I do parodies of opera. Like I did the Agony and the Ecstasy of Motherhood. And I sang La Traviata. Oh, yeah. you kids, how oh, could you so embarrass me right. oh, when we go to the shopping mall? Wow. Don't you know? Well, I love all that. Doing. And so I'm glad, happy to promote that. See the woman that was on the gong show eight times and uh, at that performance, too, at the same time. Thank you so much for hanging on, Mary. And it just goes to show you. When it comes to open lines, you never know what's going to happen, uh, and and that's just what we want. So where are you going to take us? We'll find out coming up in just a moment on Coast to Coast AM. Coming up tomorrow night, though, big show. Don't miss it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we will talk about Princess Diana in the first hour, and then uh, on to Immortality for Billionaires. Uh, and that is, I mean... Bart Costco has a lot of different perspectives on that. We've heard him before on Coast to Coast, and I'm looking forward to getting more from him coming up tomorrow night. We've got more open lines to get to in just a second. On Coast to Coast, this is Ian Punnett. You know, it was just uh, we were talking to Mary from Los Angeles, and I looked up uh, opera gong show appearances. And I think I found a video of our last caller singing on the gong show. Can't tell because I have the sound off on my computer because I'm, well, I'm in the middle of my own gong show. And I guess that makes me Chuck Barris, right? Or J.P. Morgan, if nothing else. Uh, Carl is in Canada on Coast to Coast AM. Carl? Hello. God bless you. I see my mother was born on January the 13th, and uh, she said that was, uh, she didn't like the number 13. It was unlucky. She blamed a lot of things on the number 13. And, now, uh, people who are born on the 13th, they say that becomes your lucky number. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, like the the bikers like to get together on the third Friday the 13th, and they like the number 13. Uh, yeah, but... I don't know where when did that start. Like people won't like the number thirteen. Like 
that started apparently, I mean, as the legend has it, um, on the roundup of the Knights Templar that a decree went out from the Pope after the Knights Templar, uh, who had enjoyed fairly sort of unilateral autonomy uh, within the service of the church, uh, had grown so powerful that they were considered a threat uh, by some. And so when the politics of the church changed and they decided that they needed to take out the Knights Templar and they accused them of all sorts of horrible crimes, mostly Satan related, you know, witchcraft, that kind of thing. Um, it, they were rounded up uh, according to that decree on a Friday, which happened to be the 13th of the month. She was going to come back and haunt me. <laughs> but Your mother? I said it more of a joke, but uh, yeah, she hasn't come back. Uh, but she believed in ghosts. She had ghost stories, and she thought, you know, she had the possibility like could come back. And I, I did. I told her, I, you you won't be coming back to haunt me because because uh, I'm a Christian. I didn't believe God would uh, allow her to come back to haunt me <laughs> or visit me. But she believed in that in that stuff. She had, well, that's in the Bible, though. Uh, Right, I mean, there's there are there's there's a there is what is generally referred to as as reincarnation uh, kind of descriptions in the Bible. Uh, people, want, yeah. So don't before you make it seem like that's a totally. I mean, I'm not proposing it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying that you're wrong. But if it doesn't, it's being a Christian doesn't mean if you're a biblical Christian anyway. Um, you know, you have to you have to accept that that a lot of people thought that when they saw others, they thought they had been witnessing somebody's rebirth or somebody's reappearance from the afterlife. Well, when Jesus died. They said some spirits were walking around. They seen some ghosts, like something happened there. It's in the New Testament, but uh, but that doesn't happen very often. So it's just on rare occasions. That... Well, we don't know that, right? So I mean, uh, it happened there. Is all I'm saying. Uh, but so if your mother if your mother haunts you, though, I hope you will plan on calling us back, right? <laughs> I'll get her to give you guys a call. Yeah, have her give us a call. <laughs> That'd be really good. I'll be count, I'll be counting on that. So I appreciate that, Carl. Let me get in uh, Todd from Washington State. Open lines on coast to coast. Todd, thank you, Mister Mister Pundit. Now uh, I would like to say that Mrs. Riley DeGarmo has released a solo album in 2020, and uh, Christopher James DeGarmo has written uh, some songs called. I believe you Prophecy. just didn't you make that point last week, right? About so are we going to release? She released her own album two years ago. Okay. All right. And uh, Chris DeGarmo wrote The Prophecy and The Warning and uh, a song about a UFO landing called New Regal, um, New EA Regal. And uh, he's just a genius. You know, I know we're stuck in rock and roll history, and I think we should discredit some of these uh, people like Jerry Lee Lewis and Chuck Berry who have lived sordid lives and Elvis Presley and Lisa Marie Presley who really weren't that talented, you know. Okay, wait, 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 dude. I I, pre, I know that you are you sound like a real acolyte of Queensrÿche, and I thought that was a it was a good mention last week when you asked me about Queensrÿche, um, and Chris DeGarmo and the fact that he was a pilot and whatever. I think that's totally cool. 
but is is that the only thing you want to talk about is Queen Strike? I can talk about everything on the show. I mean, the thing about Elvis, he was good, but you know, he met he met Priscilla when she was twelve, and it was not a good situation. And I, uh, a lot of okay, let's go with that. But we know that you say Elvis was good. You know he was better than Chris DeGarmo of Queenstrike. I'm not going to say that. I mean, he was a vocal. I will say that. I will say that. So we'll we'll have to agree to disagree on Elvis just being good. Elvis, I'm not saying he was a perfect guy, and I don't know anything about the personal life of Chris DeGarmo and whether it would stand up to the kind of scrutiny that Elvis has did. And I don't agree with how Elvis conducted himself with regard to women. I'm not suggesting that you're wrong there, but I, if it's going to be a weekly call about the lead singer of Queensryche, I just think we've got to find a different subject. Okay. So let's, uh, I'll give you a week to think about that. I'm sure you'll call back sometime along the way, but I would strongly encourage you find a, a new vein to explore. Joe is in Rochester, New York on coast to coast AM. Joe. Yes. Ian. Hey, Hey bud. How you doing? Thanks for taking the call. Sure. Okay, I just got a, a I got a couple questions. So uh, throughout the week, I write down a couple questions there. That's you good. I know that you're going to be on there. Okay. So I'm going to jump uh, a little bit across what uh, what your guest was talking about earlier, and then a religious question. So let me start with the religious one. So okay, I was watching this program during Christmas about Christ and his relationship with Mary Magdalene. Okay. Do you think there's a surviving lineage uh, between them at all. So you're, this is the royal bloodline theory, the the divine right of kings that uh, that the offspring of Jesus and Mary yeah. eventually, right? Is this where you're going with that? The, Absolutely, yes. Uh, uh, no, I don't happen to believe that. Now, here's here's what I do believe, and I don't. You know, let's be very clear. Mary Magdalene was not a prostitute. Period. There is nothing in the Bible that says she was a prostitute. 100%. So um, she's a, a tri- she's often associated with a woman who was a prostitute, but that woman's never given a name. So we've got that. <laughs> I also want to make the point that it was uncommon. It would have been an absolute aberration for a rabbi and Jesus was a rabbi we know that because the disciples called him that and he was recognized as being a rabbi it would have been completely out of the norm for him to be a rabbi and not be married right so that part is unusual there is nothing that's ever said specifically that it was mary but she is the one that is the most devoted. She is the one that appears first at every one of these events. She is the one who seems to mourn like a wife. Um, and there's a lot of people who would say that any sort of association between the two of them has been obliterated for history. I would have to agree with that. I was hoping you would say that. Yeah, but yeah. whether does that mean they go off in Spain and or France and they have you know <laughs> children and they go on to become kings and queens? I do not think that's. I understand the theory, but there's nothing to support it other than you know legacy and people who okay. throw things together. 
Okay, just a couple more real quick. Uh, yeah. The Ark of the Covenant, most fascinating story probably on Earth. Absolutely. Do you think it's in Somalia, in that temple, um, or in that area in Africa? In Ethiopia. Um, in Ethiopia, I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so, it, it, yes, I think it is. I think it looks perhaps today, if it if there is any physical remnant of it, it looks nothing like what we imagine, although we have a very clear description of it. Um, and I think that a part of it could easily still be either in a museum or still being treated as a relic somewhere in some uh, obscure monastery. Yes, that's entirely possible. Okay, then uh, the only other question I have is, do you think, uh, uh, not do you think, but do you know if MUFON pushes back on Lou Alessandro's theories and research, or do they collaborate with with no each idea. other? You, no idea. No idea. Okay, okay. and then uh, one of the, the last one I had is, uh, yeah, I got you, but is, uh, okay, um, so if 90, 90 to 95% of the stuff that is being seen can be, um, you know, can be ruled out is right. military dark program. Right. Okay, so my question is, um, if if there was U.S. military or dark program or even our adversaries, why, why wouldn't we use it for a deterrent or if it was our adversaries to provoke, you know, as provocation, you know what I mean? Like... In, like in China and Southeast Asia, why wouldn't they say, knowing that we might back up Taiwan or for them right. to say, listen, this is what we have and this is what we'll use. If right. we, you know, see, I always thought that, you know, yep. if you got the big stick, show it. You know what I mean? No, I think but, this is a this is a, a, a perfect response to the idea that these are this is terrestrial technology from a hostile uh, government, you know, that we are experiencing. And that's why they, um, the, the, the Pentagon in its most recent this week release of the DOD preliminary assessment gives such a high figure of 171 um, cases that they can't explain. They don't give any details as to which ones of those they can't explain. We need to know that. So before yeah. we can go any further in, I think, in our conjecture, we need to know what, what kind of things can't they determine? What's their criteria for? We don't know what that is. When we know that, I think that one will, will be better off. You know, is this is this a drone technology? It, we, f- many of these were dismissed as drones. Well, drones... It's different from your kid, the middle school kid down the street who got a drone for Christmas, right? And yeah. and some sort of drone that's being operated by another government. And so yeah. that that may be what we're not willing to talk about yet. Right. Okay. Um, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, but they're not. They, so until we have more specifics, we're left just kind of a wondering. Um, oh, but I always cool. enjoy your calls. So keep writing down those questions. Are really good. I wish more people did that. They'd be as succinct on the air as you are. East of the Rockies, Mark is in Buffalo on Coast to Coast AM. Mark, hi, Ian. I really enjoy when you're on. 
No, thank you. And I, I, our, all of our hearts are still with Buffalo, New York. And, and uh, I mean, I've been pulling for your bills for a while. Uh, but, boy, that, that DeMar Hamlin story just sticks with you. I'm so happy that he's home, and it looks like he's going to make a full recovery. Don't know if he's ever going to play I'm again. I'm listening to you on the mighty WBEN 930 AM News Talk Radio Buffalo. They Excellent. did a fantastic job keeping people informed during this terrible blizzard of five feet of snow. Yeah. I was out of power for 72 hours. Oh, my God. That's nuts, too. I forgot about that. Yeah, you guys have had a lot hitting on you. Yeah, and and not just one wave, but you had a couple, right? Yeah, that was the third storm so far. Um, I also wanted to say that your call screener is quite a shining star. What a friendly person she is. Oh, she's got her own fan base. I think there are websites devoted to Gina. I'm pretty sure. And, well, I'll, be uh, and new, pro- I'll be the newest member. Yeah. I, if you go online and look, you'll, I'm sure there's chat rooms that are dedicated to Gina. So, yeah. I've got a really scary Bigfoot story that's for real, and I'll endeavor to be brief. No, from, that part, of, from that part of New York? No, this was in um, suburban Philadelphia, in a little town I lived in called Audubon, which is 25 miles northwest of Philadelphia. And I was farther out in a town called Oaks, and I was at a gathering of friends. I worked at the country club, and 2 o'clock rolled around, and I could not find a ride home. So I played soccer. This was my senior year in high school, so I decided to run home. And this was 4 o'clock on December 29th, 1980. Wow. And I, I ran, and... Um, there was a gray, milky sky. There was snow on the ground. I went up between two roads in my development called um, Provincetown between Meadowlark and Mockingbird, and there's a path called the Green Path. To my left is a fence. It's four feet high. I'm 20 feet away. There's a towering figure with brown hair, silver tips on the hair, glowing red eyes, eight feet tall. I'm with you. I screamed. I bet. <laughs> I ran. I cursed. I went and ran to the guy's guy. I, I saw the illumination of the eyes, his eyes through the lights from the outside buildings. I ran 100 yards, knocked on this guy's door. And I, he goes, what do you want? I said, call the cops, man. He goes, wait a minute. What do you want? And I said, you don't understand me. Call the cops now. Cops picked me up. Cop goes, well, why am I here? And I goes, I said, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. And they drove me home. And the next day, I was friends with the center of the football team. We found the footprints. They're 18, 18 inches long. Wow. You know, and that's interesting. I, the smell was indescribable. It smelled like right. feces, right. deer, Mad skunk, hair, yeah. urine. Right. It was just nasty. And it grunted when it saw me. It went, and I was like, oh, I'm out of here. You know what? You t- first of all, you tell that story really well. So kudos to you. Most people don't tell their stories. Th- that was not only was it clear with a, a beginning and middle and an end. I loved your attention to detail. You got to write that down. That was really good, and it was, you really put me in that place. So I'm I'm up against the top of the hour clock, but that reminds me that there are other Appalachian, which is so. You know, that Appalachian region is sort of understated uh, when it comes to um, its participation in th- this this lore and or reality, in your case, reality. So is it possible? Well, we got another hour of 
open lines. We'll see whether anybody else chimes in on that, too. In Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia, no less, on Coast to Coast AM, this is Ian Punnett. 